0: ministry. A few things are better in life than receiving good news and there are a few things more fun in life than being able to share good news. I see some of you parents, grandparents stand today and I know that it's good news to you that your son or daughter is graduating and maybe just seeing them on the screen is like this confirmation, yes we're gonna make it we made a church video they're gonna graduate it's official it's actually happening it's good news Uh, a text a phone call an email a letter a word of conversation that has good news in it can change our day can change a week and reality is it, it can change eternity my sister my brother Myself, we're in a group text, and we've texted a lot over the last few weeks and caring for my dad and my mom. And early one day last week, I was there with my dad, and I I sent this note to my brother and sister by text. Peaceful night here. All vitals, very normal at 7 a.m. Looking forward to a good Wednesday. Y'all have a blessed day. My brother responded in just a few minutes with a very simple phrase, good news, thank you. Good news, thank you. Over the next few minutes, I want to share a message with you that I would call good news about the good news. Good news about the good news We're in 1 John chapter 1 today. If you're paying really close attention, if you're a code solver, you know that we started a couple of weeks ago in 1 Peter chapter 1, and then Vic last week took us to 2 Peter chapter 1, and today we're in 1 John chapter 1, and we're talking about wholehearted living. And there's some things that compel us to live wholeheartedly that we receive when we're born again. We get a living hope, we get a lasting inheritance, we get a ready salvation. And last week in 2 Peter chapter 1, Pastor Vic reminded us that uh, we're able to live a wholehearted life for Christ because God works for us and God works in us and God works with us and God works through us and that God work allows us to live wholeheartedly for him. Today, I want to continue in this series of wholehearted living and talk to you about what we have to say as wholehearted followers of Christ. As wholehearted followers of Christ, we have something good to say. If I could put the sermon in a sentence, it would be that. It would be this statement. Every wholehearted follower of Jesus has something good to say every day. You're thinking, I don't know what to talk about. Well, we've got something good to say. And I want to take these minutes from 1 John to talk to you about what it is that we have good to say. 1 John chapter 1 is a, begins a letter written by the Apostle John, one of the disciples of Jesus. And he writes this brief letter about the good news. He writes a letter of assurance. He, he writes a letter to help us know that we have eternal life. You may be struggling with doubts. And so, how do I process through these doubts? How do I wrestle through these doubts and get to a place of assurance? The go to book in the Bible is 1 John. He writes there this is how you can know you have eternal life. This is how we know what love is. This is how our sins are forgiven. It's a book of encouragement, of assurance. It is a book of good news. We technically call the good news of Jesus the gospel. It comes from an English word that's combined with God and spell, and it means good story or a good telling, a good news. It comes from the Greek word, euangelion, and it's a, a word that means good news, gospel, the good news, the good story. Well, I want to share with you some good news about the good news. Look at First John, just the first four verses And John is writing about this good news of Jesus. Verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard. We proclaim also to you. So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father. And with his son Jesus Christ. And we are, and we are writing these things. So that our joy may be complete. Let me share with you. Four good news facts. About the good news. Four good news facts about the good news. Number one, the good news is old news. And that's good news. The good news is old news. Think about it. What could possibly be good about news that's old news? These are days that we find something comfortable and strengthening in old things Uh, in fact there seems to be a revival of things that are old being really valued in recent years you've seen toys that are released and sold and first thing you think when you see it is like wait I had one of those when I was a kid and it's popular again there's something that's drawn it back into circulation there 's something strengthening there 's something stabilizing about old things there's uh, there's something strengthening and stabling about being around old people met I talked with a couple uh, last week that had moved away from Watkinsville and they had been looking for a new church and a new community and they said we 've attended this one church for six weeks and and we liked the church, but we started trying another place, and I said, "Why? What was the reason?" I said, "Well, that church, everybody in that church was our age, and we wanted to go somewhere where there also was some people that were a little older than us, so that we could be around them and learn from them and be exposed to them. And I thought, that's an example of, of how even older people can be good things. If We, we value old cars. Uh, we value <laughs> we value old wood. You got a barn right now you would sell for somebody to build their house with, you're sitting on a gold mine. I mean we 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 value old wood, we value old movies, we value old furniture, we value old music. I found that during the pandemic of 2020 that I I loved reading old books. And I'm not sure all the dynamic that was going on there, but there was just something very inviting and attractive to me to reading old books by people who were no longer alive. And it was like some kind of sense, I don't really want to know what you know right now this year alive. I'd like for somebody who's been through it, been down through life for a while, something stabilizing there about the old news. I say that because John is driving at that in this letter. He, he, he starts in the beginning of this letter pointing out that this news of Jesus Christ is, is not new news. He says, that which was from the beginning. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, and he begins to talk about the old news, and he says, that which was from the beginning, the word there for beginning is in its absolute sense. It's almost like he's describing a a pre-existence. He says, when I get ready to talk to you about Jesus, it's not just uh, news that we are sharing right now, but this is about a Jesus that goes way way back, all the way to the beginning, whenever you could find time to measure, Jesus was already there. He's already in existence. You may think that that phrase sounds familiar, that which was from the beginning. This is First John, but in John's gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the very first chapter, very first verse, John in that gospel wrote, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And later, verse 14, he said, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He hasn't gotten over that. He starts this letter in 1 John, that which was from the beginning. And then he goes on to talk about the Word of life that became manifest. It was his way of saying this. The good news of Jesus Christ is not a new age movement. The good news of Jesus Christ is not a new philosophy. The good news of Jesus Christ is not a new way of thinking or a new discovery or a new idea. The news of Jesus Christ goes all the way back to the beginning. It was the plan from the beginning. This good news is old news. Listen, if God, some of you graduates, maybe other stories in the room, you find yourself moving on to another city, another town, or moving on to another church. And you sit down in that church and the pastor gets up and says, this morning I want to talk to you about God's word and I want to share with you something that's new that you've never heard before in your life that's been discovered about how we relate to God. Here's what you do. Be friendly and move on. Because... There is nothing new about the gospel. It is the plan of God from the beginning of time. The good news is old news. You have something to talk about as a follower of Jesus. This letter written about 2,000 years ago. This letter written by someone in their 80s. This letter written about someone who was there in the beginning. This good news is old news and there's a lot of security and stability in that. Number two, the good news is proven news. When you talk about Jesus, you're talking about proven news. When you believe in Jesus, you're talking about proven news The good news is proven news. John says in verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. And he begins to stack these qualifiers on it. He says, here's how we know the truth of Jesus. He says, which we have heard. Which we have seen with our eyes. Which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. He's giving to us this case that he was an eyewitness. How do we know that Jesus is the truth? How do we know that Jesus is the Savior? John is saying, I'm writing to you and I'm telling you, we've heard him. Now, listen, look this way. When we're talking about the good news, and we're talking about believing in the good news, please let it register that we're talking about a person We're not talking about believing a list of five tenets. We're not talking about believing a a list of precepts. We're not talking about buying into a philosophy or an approach to life. What we're presenting, what we're talking about is a person. We're talking about a person named Jesus Christ, the Word, the Word that was God, the Word that was with God, and the Word that became flesh, and we call Him Jesus. He walked around on this earth. His birth mother was Mary. He lived a life, and we're we're talking about Him living and existing. And John says, we heard Him with our own ears. We heard Him. You say, Pastor, that's great, but you can't believe everything you hear. John goes further, he says, that which we have heard, which we have seen. He, John said, we heard him with our ears, we saw him with our eyes. He Pastor, you can't believe everything you hear and these days you can't believe everything you see. John goes further. He says, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon. What's the difference between looking upon something and seeing something? You know, you may see something in their peripheral vision, just a glimmer of something. You may look and glance and, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. And you move on. In a twinkling of an eye, maybe five seconds, maybe 20 seconds, you see something. But to look upon something means to spend some time with it. It means to observe to contemplate, to consider, to take your eyes and take your mind and look upon something and come away with some kind of understanding or remembrance. A few weeks ago, we bought a used truck in our family, something for Wilson to drive, and we had that used truck. We found it online and went to look at it on the lot and made a decision to buy it, and we brought it home, and a few days ago, backing out of the driveway, and I look over at Wilson's truck, and I, I see a scratch on the on the front corner, and I think, I hadn't seen that before, and Wilson, you see, it's like, I, said, I don't know how that got there, I took his word for it, and and uh, and, uh, and, and and I just hadn't seen it, and a few days later, I passed back and by the truck, and on the back fender, there's a little dimple in the, back of the truck and said Wilson you see that dimple and there's a little dent there and he's like I don't know how it got there I didn't see that I saw that myself and was that there when we bought it and I'm like you tell me was it there when we bought it and I said, I don't know how that happened and 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 you know what was happening what was happening we saw that truck just like you've seen a truck but over time you you look at it and you walk by it and you think I didn't see that when we bought it. And, and, but over time you realize there were a lot of blemishes there. There were a lot of little nicks and things that were there all along. But over time, having looked upon it and studied it, you begin to notice. Here's what John's saying. John said, yeah, I saw Jesus and I heard Jesus, but there's more. I looked upon Jesus. And over time, having spent time with him, there's not a dent in him. There's not a ripple in him. There's not a blemish in him. We we, we heard him with our ears, we saw him with our eyes, and we have looked upon him. One commentator said it's the picture of a continued, calm contemplation of an object. If that's not enough, John goes further. He says, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands. And he's using every sense here. He he says, we heard him, we saw him, we, we, we looked upon him, and then we even took our hands and we, we touched him. I shook his hand, I, I, I hugged him, I, I, I bumped up against him, I, I put my hand on his shoulder. He, he said, we, we touched him. And it's like the, you, you just feel this belief coming on where he's saying, I was an eyewitness, I saw him. We understand the meaning of that. Back in John chapter 20, Thomas uh, was, was said, I won't believe in this resurrected Jesus unless I touch him. Listen to John 20 verse 24. It says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. This was after his resurrection. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails In verse 28, there Thomas answered him, "My Lord and my God." And Jesus said to him, "Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Who is Jesus talking about in that last phrase? You. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. He said, Yes, in history, in time, when this person, Jesus, takes on flesh, is alive, crucified, buried, and risen, some people are going to see him. And Thomas, you just saw me and you believe. But I want to tell you about a bunch of people that's going to come later that are going to be blessed because they're going to be blessed on your eyewitness account, even though they have never seen him. Friends, The good news is proven news. You have something to talk about. You have someone to talk about. He has been heard. He has been seen. He has been looked upon. He has been touched with bare hands. He is alive. Talk about him. Number three, the good news is old news. The good news is proven news. The good news is Stay with me. The good news is new news. The good news is new news. Wait, pastor. You just said it's old news. The truth of the gospel is old. It goes back to the beginning, preexisted, God's plan of salvation. Jesus, the truth, was the word, was with God. Yes, it's old. But to many. To many, the good news is new news. For some of you in this room this morning, I really believe this is going to happen. You've been in church all your life, maybe in another town or another city or maybe in this church, and you would sit here today and say, I don't know the good news. But when you hear right now that Jesus Christ died for you, Paid for your sin on the cross. If you'd turn and trust him with your life. He would save you and forgive you forever. And heaven would be your home when you die. You would say, it's like new news. I never knew that he did it for me. I thought he did it for somebody else. But I didn't know he did it for me. And that's good news for you. Because today for the first time you're calling on Jesus Christ to save you and he will answer. But listen it's also literally new news for people all over the world. We still live in a world where people have not heard the name of Jesus, where people have not heard the gospel. This morning, a lady came to me and shared with me a story about her parents, parents in their 80s. And she said, my parents went to church their whole life, but they never heard of Jesus. Their church never talked about Jesus. Friends, there are, there are at least 2,600 people groups in our world today numbering into the millions upon millions of people that not 1% know Jesus. Estimates are that less than 0.1% have any knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's new news. Listen, like the the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to have eternal life? When you share with someone that new news, you know what it is? It's good news. It's good news. And even when it's new, it's good news. And what we have in the gospel is new news news for people we have something to talk about somebody told you about him a wholehearted follower of jesus christ number four here's a here's a good news fact fourth and last one the good news is effective news the good news is effective news in verse three john says that which we have seen which we have heard We proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. We're telling you about the good news so that you too, so that you also, so some more people can have fellowship with us and with God. He's saying by hearing the good news and believing the good news, it's effective, it's powerful, it deals with what it takes to reconcile you to God, to be in fellowship with him. This is where the bad news of the good news comes in. The good news, Jesus died on a cross. His blood was enough to pay for sin. He was buried and he rose again. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Where's the bad news? The bad news is is that I've sinned. The bad news is, is that you've sinned. Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's the bad news. You cannot have fellowship with God because of your sin. Just because you have breath in your body does not mean that you have a relationship with God. You're separated from God, and what separated you from God is the sin in your life that's the bad news but there's worse news pastor there's worse news than that yes what's worse news is is that you can't do anything about it i can't do anything about it there are some clothes at our house that have stains in and we try everything and there's nothing that we can do to get those stains out of those clothes There's some relationships that you're in that you tried everything to restore that relationship and you can't find anything that will restore that relationship. And so ultimately, we are out of fellowship with God because of our sin and there's nothing that we can do to reconcile ourselves to God. Then what can we do? Where do we turn? Look at 1 John again, verse 7. Go down a few verses 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And here it is, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When you turn from trusting in yourself, when you turn from trying to earn it, when you turn from just trying to be a good person, when you turn from a, some other philosophy, some other New age thought, you turn to Jesus Christ, the person who died on the cross and paid for your sin with his blood. The promise from God's word is, is that he takes all the sin away. That stain of sin that you could do nothing about. Jesus said, my blood washes it away. What can wash away my sin? Answer? What can make me whole again? Answer? But the blood of Jesus. The good news is effective news. The Apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Let me close this morning with some more good news. Just practical good news about the good news. You know, you think about the good news. A friend of ours in Houston, Texas, last Sunday invited people in his church to come forward to be baptized, to profess their faith in Jesus Christ publicly, come and be baptized not to save them but to publicly profess their faith in Jesus for the first time. And last Sunday by the end of the time more than 100 people had been baptized in that service. That's good news about the good news. Our friends at Long Hollow Baptist in Hendersonville, Tennessee. You know that story from our friend years ago, pastor there David Landreth now pastor by Robbie Gallaty since January 1. Over the last four months, they have baptized just over a thousand people publicly professing their faith in Jesus Christ. You know I heard just two weeks ago from a pastor in California that during 2020, when all the church buildings were closed, that their church baptized over 6,000 people in California. He himself, with the buildings closed, baptized a thousand people himself as pastor of that church that's good news about the good news Let me tell you 20 of our teenagers two weeks ago went to south florida and shared the gospel all week long and 15 people prayed to receive christ with the witness of those teenagers i got a text this week from Ellie Shuford and a picture of a girl on the campus at the University of Florida. And she said, Pastor Carlos, I want you to see a picture. And she told me the girl's name. And she says, I've been meeting with this girl all this semester and praying with her and talking to her. And I wanted you to know she just prayed to receive Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. That's good news. That's good news. One of her interns that works with children said that she had been meeting with a, an atheist and talking to them about the Lord and praying with them and reading scripture and this semester, they prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's good news about the good news. Already this year, we've baptized more in the first four months than we baptized all of last year, people publicly professing their faith in Jesus Christ. That's good news about the good news. As a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ, you have something to say. You have something to talk about. You have something good to share. When I finished the message in the first hour, I was talking to a person, and I could feel somebody waiting right here, and they waited and they waited, and then she came toward me. And if I could just have a moment with Carla, y'all pause, y'all just stay with us for a moment, but Carla Raddy stood beside me this morning and told me that her mom and dad just prayed to receive Jesus Christ in March. They're in their late 80s. There's good news about the good news. Last week, Carla got a text. Her 86-year-old Uncle Jim married to Aunt Mill. Aunt Mill's Strong faith. Church all our life. We just have known her as a strong believer. Not Uncle Jim. Good man. Just nothing spiritual. And the text came to us last week. Uncle Jim, 86 years old. He's in 24-hour sitter care. He's in the early stages of dementia. And his sitter, hour after hour, just listens to gospel music. And he stopped her one day and started asking her questions. And his sitter said to Uncle Jim, Unc- Jim, do you, do you need to be saved? And Jim said, yes, I do. And Carla's Uncle Jim last week prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior at 86. Come on, Baptists. Y'all get excited. Listen, there's good news about the good news and I want to ask you this, as our band comes and we close this morning, we're, we're going to sing about uh, this hope we have in Jesus, this good news of Jesus, what he's done in our life and how he's changed our life. And, and just one more question, one more question. who Who is God asking you to talk to? about this good news if you want to talk to me about being saved today come find me right here in this song or after the service but go to God ask him for strength and courage and then talk to that person let's stand together let's celebrate let's sing Guys, y'all help us.